Chapter 18 of The High-Hander by William Turner This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Stella stood by the swinging door that led from the kitchen into the dining room and pushed it open a few inches. This enabled her to hear much of what was said in the living room. She didn't often eavesdrop, but judging from the way Mr. J., Mr. Madrid, and Mr. Lester had descended on Persia all at once, they considered themselves up against a crisis, which was almost certain to concern Willie. Stella had sort of a crush on Willie, even though he never gave her any real encouragement. Mr. J. was doing most of the talking. The way his voice rose and fell, Stella judged he was pacing the floor. I have failed completely in my efforts to buy the tunnel contract, he was saying. This is due largely to the stupidity of people I have paid to help me. I have spent a tidy sum on the project, and I am not giving up. If I don't get the contract, at least, I have the town, and I will make it pay as never before. I don't intend to be stopped by this ridiculous little clown who has got the authorities in Ellensburg interested in us. Stella snorted softly. Mr. J. talked as if he were God, she thought. I have a plan for getting those authorities off our back, he went on. It's simple enough. Persia and the council will publicly recognize that Tunneltown has got out of hand. They will ask a man of position and integrity to take over and clean up the mess. This man will be me. The council will call the election that it has postponed. I shall be elected mayor. Of course, it must not be known that I am, for all practical purposes, the proprietor of the town. I will confer with the politicians as an outsider brought in in an emergency. I assure you I can handle them. The sure way to make a politician lose interest in anything is to try to interest him in it. Mr. J. paused, and there was a low, dutiful surge of laughter. What about Pinky? Mr. Madrid asked. Like I told you, Willie means to take him to Ellensburg for trial. We can't permit this to happen. With his jail record and all those charges against him, the prosecuting attorney is likely to offer him a deal, and Pinky will tell all he knows about me. Perseus spoke now for the first time. How can we avoid this, Mr. J? Willie has shown himself to be a reckless fool, Mr. J said. A regrettable accident is quite within the realm of possibility. He's lost his badge and papers, Madrid said. As far as I'm concerned, he has no business taking Pinky out of town. I'll stop him for good. No, Perseus said, I don't want that. It mustn't happen in town, Mr. J said. That would require a great deal of awkward explaining. It must happen on the road. Pinky Bronklin will have a concealed gun and will make his escape. What will happen to Willie? Persia asked. That is in the lap of the gods, Mr. J said quickly. I don't think you mean that, Persia said. You mean to have Willie killed? I won't agree to that. My dear, Mr. J's tone was tiredly patient. Must I remind you that you are the principal owner of the pink lady? A few repairs, a new stock of liquor, and you'll be in business again if Willie does not get to Ellensburg. If he does, you'll lose your license, and that'll be the least of it. 
you'll quite possibly have to face charges yourself. A door slammed, and there was a clump of boots as newcomers came in from the other part of the building. There was a great deal of stirring around and exclaiming. Then Stella gasped as Willie's voice rose above the others. I found this rascal upstairs in Mr. Lester's room. I'm t told he's wanted for boiler wrecking and such. I'm arresting him and taking him to Ellensburg along with Pinky. There was a great deal of confused talk then, and Stella could sift nothing out of it. She knew that a stranger had spent the night in Sam Lester's quarters, but she had not seen him. Willie must have barged up there and arrested him, she realized. She got a glimpse of Willie and his prisoner as they passed the dining-room doorway on their way to the front door. Madrid and Mr. Jay came into view behind them. Madrid had his hand on his gun, but Mr. Jay gave him a look and a quick little shake of the head. The front door slammed heavily, and Willie and his prisoner were gone. He's gone crazy, Madrid said. Plum paper doll crazy. Actually, it's working out well, Mr. Jay said. With two prisoners to guard, Willie will be taking a foolish risk. A break will be that much more plausible. Don't you agree, Persia? I don't want anything to do with it, Persia said, a languid thickness in her voice. I don't even want to hear about it. Mr. J and Madrid walked together to the main street. I've already got a horse for you, Mr. J said. It's tied behind the hotel. Must say you think of everything, Madrid muttered. This must look like a break. Surely you understand that. Don't forget to take an extra gun. What for? If one of the prisoners had a hidden gun, he'd take it away with him, wouldn't he? Madrid protested. Palma and Bronklin have got to go too, Pete. They walked in silence for a few yards, Madrid staring at the ground. I guess I can do it, he said somberly. But three of them? Mr. J halted suddenly and pointed at a rider who had just entered the town and was swinging into the road to Vickers' camp. Tesno, Madrid said. He's headed for the camp, Mr. J said. If Willie gets out of here with his prisoners without meeting him, there's no need to change our plan. Five minutes later, wearing a coat over his blue and white silk shirt, carrying an extra revolver in his pocket, Madrid rode quietly out of town. Muckamuck Charlie woke to the sound of an argument below him. He lay almost completely submerged in hay. His head ached. He was feeling sick, tum-tum. He felt around in the hay for a bottle and found none. He asked himself where he was and what he was doing here. After a moment, he remembered he was watching a horse. Slowly, stifling groans, he worked himself out of the hay to his hands and knees and peered over the edge of the loft. He saw with satisfaction that Palma's horse was still in its stall. Nearby, two men were arguing. One was the stable man. The other was Willie Silverknife. As near as Charlie could make it out, Willie wanted to take the horse, but the stable man wouldn't let him without permission from the man who had brought it in. Charlie got to his feet. Teeteringly, he worked his way along the edge of the loft to a ladder. By the time he reached its bottom, the argument had stopped. Willie seemed to have settled for three other horses, which he and the stableman were saddling. 
When he saw Charlie, Willie said, Ho, and made a joke in English, which Charlie didn't understand. Sick tum-tum, Charlie said. You got whiskey? Willie swung a saddle to the back of a horse, and Charlie saw that his hip pockets were empty. You got a dollar? I have taken your man, your palma, Willie said, speaking now in the Yakima tongue. He gave the horse a punch in the ribs to make him deflate himself. Then he tightened the cinch. He's in the jailhouse. I will take him to Ellensburg. Charlie absorbed this silently. Willie went on to say that he expected to meet Tensno on the road. He said Charlie ought to ride along with him, if he was able, and rejoin Tesno. Charlie replied that he had a great sickness in his head and stomach, was having trouble seeing clearly, and was quite likely going to die unless he could get a hold of some whiskey. Besides, Willie's capture of Palma put an end to Charlie's responsibility in the matter, and he might as well get drunk. Willie said crisply that he would lend no more money. Charlie retired to an empty stall and sat down. The liveryman caught the reins of Willie's horse and led it outside. All at once, Charlie was aware of a young white woman in the barn. She had appeared so miraculously that Charlie considered the possibility she might be a spirit. But Willie seemed to know her. Stella, he said. Villy, she said, in strangely accented English. You must not leave. They will kill you. I heard them. Now, calm down, Willie said. What did you hear? Marshal Madrid said he would stop you from leaving town. I think he meant he would kill you. Mr. Ye, he said no. He said it would happen on the road. The prisoner would have a gun and escape. You would be dead. I think at first it was only one prisoner. Then you took the other one. Mr. Ye said so much the better. Stella was extremely excited, and her accent made it doubly hard for Muckamuck Charlie to understand what she was talking about. He gathered that she was warning Willie someone would kill him if he tried to take Palma to Ellensburg. But Charlie doubted that this could be taken literally. She probably wanted to keep Willie in town for reasons of her own. It was disappointing to see that Willie was sobered by her jabbering. Thanks, Stella, Willie said. You'll not go? I guess I'll go. I'll be as safe on the road as I am in town. But I'll search those prisoners before I start out, Stella. Willie touched her elbow, and they walked together through the big barn door into the sunlight. Charlie got up and watched Willie ride to the marshal's office, leading the two extra horses. Stella hurried off toward the big house behind the town. Willie went into the office and reappeared with two handcuffed prisoners. All three mounted and rode out of town. The sight of Palma stirred an ugly hatred in Charlie and a fear for Willie. True, Willie had a gun in his belt and the prisoners were handcuffed. But Jim Palma was a strong and wily man. He had stomped that Umatilla boy to death down at Sela and Charlie had heard other bad things about him. He wasn't sure that Willie was a match for Palma. Maybe that jabbering squaw was right, after all, Charlie thought. He made his way up a cleared hillside above town, feeling a little better as he walked. 
had staked his horse up here. No sense in wasting whiskey money on a livery fee. After a day's grazing, the animal looked to be in fair condition. Saddle and bridle were in a clump of brush where Charlie had cached them. He fought a brief battle with the temptation to sell them for whiskey money. Then he saddled up and cut behind the town to the Ellensburg Road. End of chapter 18